In this week's parsha, we have two psukim. Hashem has chosen you, has distinguished you to be to Him a, nation, a treasured nation, as He spoke to you, to keep all of His mitzvahs, the next pasuk, and to place you above all the other nations that He created. To, uh, to for distinction and for praise and so on and to be a holy nation unto Hashem as he spoke, as he said so Rashi quotes on the first Pasuk Kasher Dibalach as he spoke to you and he says where did he say that you will be a treasured nation there's the Pasuk in Yisrael which says li you will be unto me a treasured nation the next Pasuk he quotes from the Pasuk, and that you will be a holy nation as he spoke. So he quotes the Pasuk, the Pasuk says, you will be unto me a holy nation, holy people. So we have to understand about these two Rashis. In the first Rashi, he quotes from the Pasuk only the words that he spoke to you, and he tells us where he said that to us. In the second Rashi, he says, he quotes the whole thing, and you shall be a holy nation, as he said, and then he tells us where he said that you shall be a holy nation. So why does he have to, in the first passage, he doesn't tell us what he said. He only quotes as he said. In the second passage, he also says what he said, and then tells us where he said it. Why does he have to tell us what he said, when that's clearly spelled out in the passage, whereas in the first Rashi, he doesn't find the need to do that. So we have to understand that difference. Another thing we have to understand, in the second Rashi, the Rashi quotes from Parsha Kedoshim, the end of Parsha Kedoshim, where it says, V'yisem li Kedoshim. In the Pasuk that he quotes in the first Rashi, to support where Hashem said, you will be a chosen, a treasured nation to me. So he quotes from Yisrael, that you will be, V'yisem li Skuli, you will be a treasured nation. In that very same discussion it says also, and you will be for me, Mamlechas Kainim, a a kingdom of uh, princes, Vagoy Kadosh, and a holy nation. In the very same Pasuk that Rashi referenced in the previous Rashi, it also says a holy nation. Why does he ignore that one and he goes to talk about the one in Parsha Kadosh? Another question. In this in these two Psukim, it mentions three elements. Hashem will make you into his treasured nation. Amskula. Then it says he will uh, he will make you l'shem l'sehila place you above all the other nations. Second element. The third element is to make you a holy nation unto him. If you look at the psukim in Yisrael, it says there you will be for me a uh, a treasured nation. Then it says you will be for me a kingdom of princes. That fits beautifully with. Um, and then the third element which is is from the and you will be a holy nation so all three elements that are quoted in this Pasuk actually were told to the Yidden back in Parsha Yisrael so why is it that Rashi ignores the Pasuk in Parsha Yisrael which fits so beautifully with this Pasuk and he ignores all that and he goes to reference Parshik Toshim in regards to the holy nation. 
In fact, another thing, the Pasuk that Rashi references at the end of Parashat Kedoshim, at the very beginning of Parashat Kedoshim, the name of the said is, Kedoshim to you, you shall be holy unto me. So right there, be, at the beginning of the Parashat, why doesn't he reference that one? And even before that in Parashat Shemini, it says, You shall sanctify yourself and be holy. So why doesn't he mention that one? He goes to the end of Parashat Kedoshim. So to explain when you look at the Pasuk on the surface, it seems that the words, you shall be a holy nation, seem to be the same idea as to be a treasured nation to Hashem. They both describe how the Yidin are special to Hashem. If that's the case, so then why aren't they both written in the same Pasuk following each other? They're in fact written in two separate Pasukim, and in fact there is words in between, and to keep all the mitzvahs which separate them, so if they're the same thing, why are they written separately? So therefore, from that we must conclude that they're actually two separate things. They're describing different things. Li'is Am School is one thing, and Am Kaddish is describing a different thing. That's why they're in separate psukim. But now we have to understand what, how are they different. So how does Rashi know in what way they are different? He takes it from another focus on the words of these psukim. In the first instance it says... As he spoke to you, lach, as he spoke to you. And the second Pasuk says, to be a holy nation unto Hashem, as he said. As he said. He doesn't say as he said to you. What's the difference? Rashi already explained to us earlier in Parsha Vayetze that whenever it says in context of Diber, he spoke, and it says anything like lach, or li, or loi, lahem, to them, to him, to me. It doesn't mean to me, it means about me, or about you. So kasher dibalach means as he spoke about you, not to you. Therefore, when, Ra- when the Pasuk says here that you will be a treasured nation unto him as he spoke about you, that means that he didn't say it to the Jewish people, he said it about the Jewish people. Which is why Rashi references back to Parsha Yisrael, where Hashem is speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu that he's going to make the Yidden into a treasured nation. That's what this Pasuk is describing. The second Pasuk, which doesn't say about you, that means that Hashem spoke to you. He said that you will be a, a holy nation. That means he commanded you to be a holy nation. When he talks to you, it means he commands you to be a holy nation. So it's not that he's talking about how he's going to make you special to him by separating you from everybody else. He commanded you to be holy people. So therefore, Rashi doesn't want to go back to Parshi Yisrael, where Hashem said also a holy nation, because over there, again, he's speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu about the Yidden. That's not what he's saying over here. He's saying over here, as he spoke to you, therefore he says, it's talking about Parshat Kedoshim, where Hashem says to the Yidden, you shall be a holy nation, and that's what he's talking about. But we still have the question, why did he have to go to the end of Parshat Kedoshim? He could have also referenced Kedoshim to you, you shall be holy, or even before that, Vizkadishtem, Vizim Kedoshim, you shall sanctify yourself and be holy, which also talks about Hashem's command to the Jewish people to be holy. The answer to that is because over here, it says, Am Kadish to be a holy nation. <clears throat> there is the command, when Hashem commands the Jewish people generally, all the mitzvahs, are personal commands to every individual yid. When it says put on tefillin, it doesn't mean 
the nation of the Jewish people should be putting on tefillin. It means every individual should be putting on tefillin. The same, sanctify yourself and be holy, means you as an individual Jew, you should make yourself holy. Here he's talking about becoming a holy nation. In other words, it's addressed to the people as a whole to be recognized as a holy nation. That's why he, talk, he references that last, the end Pasuk. In, in Kedoshim, where it says, V'yisem li Kedoshim, it shall be holy unto me, because I, am, I, Hashem, am holy, and I will separate you from all the other nations by this way. So but there, it's a reference to the people as a whole, as a nation being separate and holy. And that's why he uses that one. But we still have to understand. So this, that ends the explanation of Rashi. Now the Rebbe goes into a... Uh, an involved explanation about the difference, the, the qualities of the Jewish people as understood from these psukim, according to the Pnimis Yonam as they're understood within Chsidis. And to do so, he, sa- he wants to understand the phrasing in the Pasuk, the division of these separate qualities in the Pasuk. The Pasuk says like this Hashem has distinguished you to become a treasured nation and to keep the mitzvahs. That is not talking about Hashem distinguishing you, that is talking about you keeping the mitzvahs. Then he goes back and he says, he will make you into, he will make you into an outstanding nation above and beyond the other nations. Then he goes back to, and be a whole, that you should become, make yourself into a holy nation. Again, going from the standard of Hashem making them into a holy nation, and us making ourselves into a holy nation. So we have to understand that division and how it works. So to understand that, we have to understand something that we find in this week's Haftarah. It says, in the prophecies of what will happen in the uh, when Mashiach comes, the Jewish people, the light will come from the Jewish people, and all the nations will follow them, and they will serve the Jewish people and do everything that the Jewish people need. And anyone that doesn't do, that doesn't uh, toe the line, and doesn't, um, enter into the work of assisting the Jewish people will be destroyed and utterly destroyed. The nation that will not serve you, Yevedu, will be destroyed. And these nations will be utterly destroyed. We have to understand. We know that there are Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noyach that the Goyim are commanded to keep. And if they don't keep them, so then we can understand that they will be punished. But where does it say that the, Jew, the Goyim have the mission that they have to serve the Jewish people and that it's so essential that if they don't, they will be utterly destroyed? Where does that come from? So the explanation is, we know that the whole creation, including also all the other nations of the world, they, don't, they were not created for their own self-purpose. They are there to serve a mission. They are there, Bishvil Yisrael Shenekroim Reishis, Bereishis, for the purpose of serving the Yidden, which are called Reishis. That's why they exist. Now, when Mashiach comes, and the, the purpose of every creation will become obvious to all, which means that every nation in the world is only there in order to serve the Jewish people and their needs, so then the question will be, if you know what you're here for, and you're not doing what you're here for, so then what are you here for? That's why they will be utterly destroyed. Since they have no other purpose other than this mission that they serve to be in assistance to the Jewish people, so that if they refuse to do that mission, then they will be eliminated. 
which is also the reason why if a guy that explains why if a guy if he violates any of the seven mitzvahs b'nei noyach the penalty is the same death by the Jewish people there's no such thing there are different penalties for different levels of mitzvahs why is it that they're going? Because for the same reason, they are here for the mission of keeping, of, uh, of doing these mitzvahs, these particular mitzvahs. If they don't do any of them, they have no other reason to exist. They stopped, their reason for their existence has terminated, therefore they are terminated. Whereas if a Jewish person, we will soon explain, exists not for the purpose of doing mitzvahs, but for another higher purpose. And that's what the Pasuk means here in this Pasuk. That he has placed you above and beyond all the other nations that he has made means they are created for a certain purpose. They are an end to a certain, that means to a certain end. But the Jewish people are the end. They are created just for themselves, not with any other purpose in mind. And that's what these Pesukim are describing how the Jewish people are different than the other nations and the way Hashem has placed them above the other nations. Now to explain that. Rashi explains in the words uh, on the idea of you will be for me a treasure, a treasured people. He says like this, that there is, there is a, a, treasure, a treasure that a king has which is very dear to him. Like the kings have, they have... Uh, gems and diamonds and so on and other things which are hidden away and, they, and they're hidden away they're just in the vault and nobody sees them so are you a treasure unto me from all the other nations that's how Rashi describes it so we have to understand about this mushal which is it's a Torah mushal so it, it means everything that it says what is the purpose of having a treasure that is hidden away if you have a treasure which let's say you set this beautiful diamond into the king's crown or his ring and so on. So then you understand what the purpose of this treasure is. It brings stature to the king, it brings beauty and so on. Elegance, whatever. But what's the point of having a treasure which is, never, which is hidden away from and nobody ever sees it? The Friedrich Rebbe explains in the Maimur Basulagani in the Hemshech that there is that for the purpose of winning the war kings often squander the treasures which have been accumulated for many many generations things that nobody's ever seen and for the purpose of winning the war they're willing to squander that what's the purpose of having a treasure that you never use and even when you do use it to win the war it's called squandering which means it describes that this is not really its purpose it was squandered only because there was no other choice so what is the purpose of those kinds of treasures the explanation is that there is a treasure, there are funds which the king needs, which the government needs in order to maintain the country, to run things, to spend money on defense or whatever it is that, that they need in order to keep the country going. But then there is that which is considered a treasure, the thing that the king, he doesn't need it for anything. Just having this treasure like having something that nobody else has, a document that goes back 3,000 years or whatever, or a diamond which is the biggest one in the whole world and the most beautiful one, just having it without anyone even seeing it, that's what elevates him. It gives him a feeling of greatness. It, it gives him a, an elevated feeling. It speaks to him as a person. It isn't something that anybody else needs to see. He doesn't want to do anything with it. Just having it is what's important to him. 
I would say, even though it's not in the Sikha, that a person, you know, the person accumulates things and we have things which we need and we have them for a purpose. A person's family is not for any other purpose. You just delight in having them. They are the reason for your existence, your family. You don't have them for any other reason. They're not for any other purpose, just because they are. That's the kind of treasure that we're talking about. Having it is the whole purpose. And that's what it means that the Yidin are an Eitz Eskula Mikolamim. We are a treasure to Hashem, not because He has a plan for us, not because He needs us to do anything for Him. Yes, there is a part of Him. We, are, we go out there and we bring Him into the world. We introduce the world to Hashem. But that's not why He created us. He created us because we are a treasure to Him. Just having us, without any other purpose. That's the meaning of Skula. In other words, that the difference between a Yid and a Goy is, a Goy is created with a purpose. I need you to do this. You need to serve in this and this capacity. That's why I created you. If you don't serve in that capacity, I don't need you. The Yidin don't have any purpose in, for which they are created. They were created because we are the treasure, the family, the children of Hashem. In fact, even more, we are Hashem. We are a part of Him. So we didn't create us for a purpose. We are who He is. And that's why we exist. That's the meaning of skula. We don't have any other purpose. And that's what's signified by Lias Hashem and Mircha. Hashem has distinguished you to Him. To be a treasured nation. That describes the Yidin as we are essentially connected, not uh, without any mission, without any purpose. It's just the hidden treasure that Hashem has. That explains also the connection between, we know in my Morim it says that these two psukim, Hashem, Hem, that we have distinguished Hashem onto ourselves as our, that He is our Master, our God. And Hashem has distinguished you describes the fact that the Yidin ask Hashem to be our king on Rosh Hashanah. It's to Hayoyim. Today means on Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah we ask Hashem to be our king and He responds and He becomes the king and therefore the, the, uh, the creation continues as a result of that. And this mirrors that which happened also in the time of the original creation, that it says, who did Hashem consult when He wanted to create the world? So the question is, what were the, even before creation, how were the Yidin there? How were the, they there to be consulted if the creation hasn't happened yet? And the same when, if we are asking Hashem to to be the king, which means that he hasn't decided yet to be to create, to recreate the world. So what are we doing there? How are we there if he hasn't decided to be the king yet? The answer is, we, the Jewish people, are there before the creation starts. We are a part of Hashem himself. Before he even has an intention to create the world, before he decided to create the world, we were already imprinted on his mind we were there in his thoughts before meaning to say as distinguished from Hashem said and brought the world into creation before creation the, uh, the Yidin were already there in his mind because we are essentially connected not with a purpose in creation but because we are a part of him then there is the second Pasuk 
to make you over all the other nations. That describes another thing. In the first passage, it talks about how the Yidin are completely removed from the world beyond all the other nations because we're the treasure, the hidden treasure. That the Rebbe explains, explain, says also why. It says, that we keep all of his mitzvahs. What does it mean? The Goyim have seven mitzvahs. The Yidin have 613 mitzvahs. But we have to understand that this is not just a quantitative difference. You know, we have more than them. It's a completely, a totally qualitative difference between our mitzvahs and their mitzvahs. Their mitzvahs were given to them. There is a mission. This is what you need to fulfill in order to do the mission. The Yidin don't have an... It's not about the number of how many mitzvahs there are. It's kol mitzvahs of any mitzvah, which means when Hashem has a will for something, when He wants something... The Yidin are so integrally connected to that will, to Him, because we are part of Him, so that will becomes our will. Hashem has a will. That's what we're going to do. That's what we need to do. It's whatever happens, call everything that Hashem wants. That's what we're connected to, because we are part of Him. Not that we have a mission that Hashem has given us a certain number of mitzvahs, even though there are 613, but it's because that covers all of Hashem's will. The issue is, as it says in this passage, anything that Hashem wants, we are part of that. But then there is another mission, which comes out from the second Pasuk, which is that we are placed above the other nations within the context of creation. The Yidin are also above the nations, not just outside the context of creation, the hidden treasure, but even as we are created into the world. And the Goyim are also created into the world. And we seem to be similar to them. We all have to eat and we all have to sleep and we all have to do all those material needs that everybody does equally. Even then, the Jewish people are distinguished as a nation of a holiness, a nation that is holy. Within the context, the way we carry out the things that we do in the world, we're also holy and therefore distinguished from them. As Rashi explains it, he says that when a Yid does a mitzvah, he shouldn't say, I'm disgusted by Chazar, I would never dream of tasting Chazar. You shouldn't say that. What you just say is, I would like, I wouldn't mind tasting it, but Hashem said not to, so I don't want to. Meaning to say, the posi- it, it, it speaks to the Pasuk that says, I will separate you from the nations to be unto me. Meaning to say, you are equal to other nations. In other words, you all live in the world. It's possible that you wouldn't mind the tasting chazer, but you are separated unto me because I told you not to. It was just because you disgusted by it. It's not for me. You're not separated unto me. It's just you don't like this. Rashi explains that point that even as we live in creation, we also have a mission and we're doing that mission and that is the mission of Torah Mitzvah to bring Hashem into the world and in that context we are also uh, separated and, and elevated above all the nations. And the Rebbe brings a uh, final thought, which is that that brings to our attention the importance of Avas Yisrael, because every Jew, regardless of where they are in their observance of Torah Mitzvahs, whether they are part of the mission, or they don't see themselves a part of the mission, they transcend the mission. They are a part of Hashem. They are the hidden treasure, unrelated to the mission. And they are dear to Hashem, and therefore we just have to expose, we have to reveal within them this essential connection that they have to Hashem and so that they can realize what they are and then it should also infiltrate into their daily behavior that they should also commit themselves 
to fulfill the mission that we were given in the end. And so, and through this, especially in the week of Chayelul, which usually uh, Pasha Kisavay is in the week of Chayelul, or the opposite, Chayelul uh, is in the week of Pasha Kisavay, which is the revelation of Chsidis, of the two luminaries of Chsidis, Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe, that brings it even more emphasized, the great emphasis on Avis Yisrael. And by bringing out this deep connection that a Yid has to Hashem within ourselves and within every Yid, this brings us to the next thing, which is that by Rosh Hashanah, Hashem accepts our request that He should be our King. And it becomes obvious to all that Hashem is our King, and this will become even more so, of course, in a very obvious and manifest way when Mashiach comes, when Mashiach will come speedily in our days.